welcome to our latest episode of In The Saddle Podcast. We released our day one Cheltenham betting preview yesterday. Big shoes to follow, excellent analysis and insight from hosts Katie Clements and pundits Paul Callahan, Lucky Loaders and grade one winning jockey Aaron Coleman. However, the show must go on and we have another superb panel lined up for Wednesday's action, day two of the Cheltenham Festival. We'll be focusing on the three grade ones, the Ballymore Novice Hurdle, the Brown Advisory Novice Chase and the highly anticipated Champion Chase. The Scottish Suns, Jim Delahunt makes his debut on In The Saddle podcast and everyone's favourite Lucky Loaders will be marking the card uh, for day two of the Cheltenham Festival. Jim, it's uh, good to have another Northern voice on this podcast. We've been absolutely swamped with Southerners and the Irish. Good, good to have you on, Jim. Nice Northern voice, nice Scottish voice as well. And uh, looking forward to Cheltenham, even though I'm not going to be there. Uh, I haven't been every single year, but I've been going to Cheltenham since 1983 when uh, Michael Dickinson uh, had his famous five, first, two, first, second, third, fourth and fifth in the Gold Cup. As I say, I haven't been every single year, but I've been most of them. And uh, I was there last year, despite the uh, advice from some people not to go. But uh, sadly, that was the last time I was on a race course, um, given the COVID situation. But uh, I'll be watching on TV this year and looking forward to a fantastic four days, guys. Yeah, um, obviously myself and Chris are definitely looking forward to it as well. We see it as Christmas, um, some pop pop stuff uh, every single day. Um, so definitely something to look forward to there. Lucky Loaders, um, back again. Yeah, uh, I'm back again. Um, yeah, looking forward, obviously, to Cheltenham. Not too long to go now. I'll be going to uh, the shops at the weekend to fill up my supplies of Earl Grey tea and Bourbon biscuits, you know. Um, uh, too early for alcohol for me in the afternoon. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, to uh, putting the pounds on and hopefully making some pounds as well. So, yeah, lot, lots to, to get stuck into. You're an easy man to, to please, Lucky Loaders. Um, easy man to please. But anyway, let's uh, let's get into the action here. Um, as alluded to earlier, fantastic panel for, for day two of the Cheltenham Festival. The first race we're going to preview on Wednesday uh, on day two of the festival is the, the 120 Ballymore Novice Hurdle Grade 1 for four-year-old Lass. We'll start with Jim Delahan. Bob Ollinger leads the bang. Are we with this one or against him? Yeah, we're with it. Uh, Bob Ollinger has been, I think, very, very impressive in his last couple of runs. Uh, they were both at Nace. Uh, the last one was a, a grade one, uh, the, the Lollers of Nace, uh, Novices Hurdle. Uh, I thought he did very, very well in that race. He won very, very nicely. Uh, they were quite open about the fact that this was going to be his target from day one this season. And uh, Henry de Bromhead, I think Henry's going to have a fantastic meeting. He could be coming into day two off the back of having a couple of winners on Tuesday. I've got a very strong fancy for his runners in both the Arkle and the Champion Hurdle on Tuesday. I might mention that later, but uh, we're talking about the Ballymore here. It's the first race on day one. And Bob Ollinger, I know a lot of my friends in Ireland fancy this horse very strongly indeed as well. Uh, the first time out over hurdles, he was second to the champion bumper winner, Fernie Hollow. Hasn't looked back since that day. And uh, that grade one success last time was very impressive indeed. Rachel Blackmore, I presume, will take them out. And uh, Bob Ollinger's the one for me. I know you're going to mention one or two others, just that I mentioned before I go at the moment. Uh, Brave Man's Game, very, very strongly fancied by Paul Nichols. It seems to be the horse that he's mentioning in every single preview on the build-up to Cheltenham. Uh, Brave Man's Game, four nickels, won the shallow hurdle. Must have a chance here, but I just wonder if it's up to the grade one form that Bob Ollinger has in the book. 
Yeah, Bollinger, he's currently a, a nine to four shot at the top of the bank. Um, and obviously, as you alluded to, many across the Irish Sea have alluded to this being the Irish banker on Wednesday. Um, I know he's a big, a big loser on the Betfair Sportsbook at the moment, probably our biggest on the day. Um, and this, this looks like a real progressive sort who ran a convincing winner on his first trying Grady company on the 21st of January at Nice. Um, this is likely a stepping stone to even better things. Uh, the Ballymore looks the obvious race for him here, in my opinion. So I think he's a genuine 94 chance here and looks difficult to beat. Uh, alluding to your comments on Brave Man's game as well for Paul Nichols, um, there obviously there is a lot of comparisons to, to Denman um, from the yard. Uh, one, in, one in his last three impressively, beating Evan Williams, Stargate by 10 lengths in the grade one mansion bit challenge of his hurdle in Newbury on the 29th of December um, and on, on the 27th of November, beating S Perfecto seven lengths at Newbury and a novice hurdle and similar as us, hosing, absolutely hosing up at Exxon on the 3rd of November as well, being Brunswick Bay. Um, his only defeat of late actually came to Soren Glory, who who won very recently, very impressively. Um, who's a horse full of potential uh, for for John Joe O'Neill. In Braceman games, he's quite well found in the mark as well. He's a seven to two chance, but Bob Bollinger leads the bang here and does look difficult to beat for Henry the Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore. Uh, so Jim Delahunt's keen keen on that one. What's your views on this on this race, Chris Loder? Yeah, I uh, I think uh, Bob Bollinger just gets a nod for me. I uh, couldn't really sum it up any better than what Jim's already said. Rock solid form. I thought his win at Nace was very good. The uh, last day beating Blue Lord and he ran a respectable race to finish third in the grade one, two mile novice hurdle at the Dublin Racing Festival. That looks pretty decent form. Um, also as well, if you go back through the form, it's penultimate start at Navin. That's what works out okay because the second horse is now rated 130. So He's been very progressive um, this season, and I think he's got a standout chance. Uh, of the others, Gaylord de Manil would be probably, I'd say, the biggest threat. I thought his win last time at Leopardstown, again, was very press- impressive, beating Gentleman's Game, who I know Connections think really highly of. And I think that's a race that will work out really well in time. Uh, my only concern would be maybe if it does get into a bit of a, a battle, I think Bob Bollinger might just be a little bit more of a hardier type and he might just find a little bit more for pressure whereas I think Galad de Manil is more of a strong travelling type and I'm not sure what he would find off the bridle compared to, to Bob Ollinger that's just my opinion but uh, that's the way I'm thinking there Brave Man's Game obviously he's the best of the English in, in this division I'm not sure that form of the Chalo amounts to, to much it's been a bit of a graveyard uh, for, for runners when they get to the Cheltenham Festival I remember Champ got touched off uh, a couple of years ago, you had Time Hill as well last year. So I'm not sure if it's always uh, uh, the best race and maybe some of the horses maybe just do peak a little bit early. Uh, Stargate, I didn't think actually ran his race that day. And the Glancing Queen has been a little bit in and out with her form. I know she won at Banger, but then um, she was turned over the other day. So, yeah, I'm not, not sure really about uh, Brave Man's Games form. Um, I know like one, he's got one or two other form claims with like the likes of Soren Glory and that, but I think people getting a bit carried away with him. But yeah, out of the, out of the main three, he'd be the one that I would be negative towards. But yeah, for me, Bob Ollinger just gets a nod. But yeah, I, I think it's between Bob Ollinger and Galad Dimonil, but Bob Ollinger gets my vote. So Jim Delahunt and Lucky Loader is both keen on Bob Ollinger at 9 to 4 for the Ballymore Novice Hurdle Grade 1 to kick things off on uh, day. Two. Uh, one one I would like to mention as well is uh, Bear Gills of Nicky Martins and Matt Griffiths, currently a 16-1 shot. 
unbeaten four from four so far, made a successful transition to handicaps. I uh, still think uh, certainly not the finished article uh, on that impressive one at Exeter on the on the tenth. Looks well well ahead of his handicap mark. I believe Burgos will be better with extended trip of two mile five. I mean, the way he travelled today, this this could be the perfect back to lay uh, if there's any in, in, in running punters out there who's a bet for exchange. Easily uh, see this one still on the staff turning in and trading short and running. So that one's currently a 16-1 chance, uh, but definitely, definitely a live each way opportunity there uh, for any punters. Uh, moving on to the second race where we're going to cover is the 155 Brown Advisory Novice Chase Grade 1 5-year-old plus, uh, which run over three miles. Uh, obviously, this race is uh, obviously revolved around one horse and that's Willie Mullins Monkfish we'll start with uh, Jim Delahunt are, are we with the shorty here or are we against him well I'm not totally against Monkfish because I think he is a class act he's done everything right so far uh, he looks the business there is absolutely no doubt about that he has the form in the book and I'm very big on visuals apart from stats and visually I think Monkfish looks a very good racehorse indeed, especially uh, the three miles he's going to be tackling in what used to be known as the RSA Chase uh, and is now known as the Brown Advisory for this year. They keep changing the sponsors around at Cheltenham, but uh, people will be getting confused. But it is the old RSA Chase, the old Sun Alliance, if you want to go back even further, uh, but it's now called the Brown Advisory. Uh, Monkfish, justifiably favourite in my book, but... Uh, I'm always looking for one that might be coming from left field in this particular race because uh, favourites have had a few disasters over the years. And the one I like is the Henry de Bromhead trained Eclat de Rear. Now, uh, Henry may well have won that uh, first race that we mentioned, uh, the Ballymore. Uh, Eclat de Rear is an each way price. It's uh, 8 to 10 to 1. You might be able to give me the Betfair price very shortly. But three from three since March, since Cheltenham last year, three from three. Uh, very good at Punchestown in December. He beat a horse last time at Nace called Iscaria 10, which will run on Tuesday in either the Ultima of a first handicap arc of 147 or in the National Hunt Chase. So we will have a very good idea as to the form of Eclat de Rear by the time that's run at 155 on Wednesday because Iscaria 10, who he beat at Nace, is going to be running on Tuesday. Uh, but even before that, I think Eclat de Rear has an excellent chance, looks like a very progressive sort, looks like he'll appreciate the track, might want a little bit of rain before Wednesday, which uh, I've looked at the forecast tonight and we might get. I don't think it's going to be any worse than good to soft on the old coast for the first two days. Any rain on top of that will help Eclat the rear. But I think each way at the prices, he's got a terrific chance and I think he's got a winning chance as well. I don't like going each way just for the sake of it. I've never liked that. I never like saying, oh, it might sneak into the four at 20s. I think if you're going to bet each way, you've got to bet a horse that you think is going to win. And I think Eclat de Rear is capable of winning this race and he's an each way price. Yeah, he's Eclat de Rear. Uh, he's fine. He's a problem in Rachel Blammer. It's currently eight to one. I mean, that looks like a, an each way bet to nothing. And as you say, it does have a live chance of winning. Um, and obviously won the last three, two chase starts and a hurdle win on the 5th of March at Furls, um, all on heavy ground. So that that just confirms your your angle with once it's soft as possible. Um, one is his first two chase starts of absolute ease. ease. Luke, Luke's a real prospect, uh, graduating to Grady level at, at Nace last time out with ease and with the prospect of even better to come. Uh, one thing as well, one thing I did visually see, a very good jumper. 
um, and not really been asked any serious questions in the last three runs. So there's, there's there could potentially be a lot left in the tank. Um, eight to one looks a solid each way proposition. Um, and what, what sort of an angle I'd be looking at if I was playing on on the exchange would probably be if I can get odds against Ica, Eklat do a rear and maybe the place market or the four place market um, odds against. I mean that's the sort of bet I'd be tanking because I, I just can't see this one out of the three. Um, and if you can get that additional insurance four place, this is sort of bet I'd be all over and have a a small bit on the win as well but it uh, de definitely looks a bit of value there and the thing as well is if monkfish doesn't turn up if anything happens i mean if you're saying eight to one right now um i mean you potentially got a five to two two to one chance here and even on the day if something happens to monkfish in the race um you've definitely got a live one here jim uh eclat de at eight to one currently lucky loaders are you with monkfish or are we against him yeah, I'm with Monkfish. Uh, I think the thing that impressed me the most about him is that he's been able to win for a horse that looks like an out-and-out -out stayer over Shorter. He's got the gears and he's got the speed over Shorter. He's won two of his three chase starts over two miles, five furlongs. So he's obviously got some, some gears. Uh, I thought he would just be an out-and-out -out stay, you know, but he's looked absolute class. Um and the, his last effort in the Flow Gas Novice Chase was just so impressive. I know he's odds on and he's not very original. But yeah, for me, Monkfish, he just ticks all the boxes. And we've seen how good that form has worked out from, from, from the Albert Bartlett last year as well. It's a standout uh, piece of form. And for me, Monkfish just ticks all the boxes. The one that I think could give him most to think about um is actually the big breakaway for colin tizard uh, i thought he did really well um in the quarter start of his chase when he finished second to sham blue despite making a couple of mistakes at a few of his fences and also as well colin tizard's horses were really out of sorts at the time but in the last week or so they have their horses have been running better including some of their bigger price horses so i definitely think that's one to note and i think returning to cheltenham which is where he won his first chase start uh will definitely suit him and i'll give a slight mention as well to sporting john a horse that i always thought really highly of uh, ran an absolute stinker on his first start of the season at, at exeter but uh was more like it the last day when he won the silly isles uh, novices chase uh, staying on really strongly to beat Shamblu, who will go for the marsh chase um they would be the two i would expect to to maybe give something a monkfish something to think about but for me i think monkfish is definitely uh for me i think he's the banker of the of the festival um even though he's such a short price i, I can't i can't see him losing uh unless he gets an injury in before the race i, I really think he, he, he's going to take all the beating. Bullish. Lucky Loader is getting an early uh, an early nap, potentially start out there. Um, obviously, Monkfish, I mean, that does it quite difficult to beat. Uh, winner of last year is Albert Bartlett. Um, when I was I was looking through the, the data and the statistics, he's actually at 40 to 1 and running over the last last time uh, in the Albert Bartlett. I mean, he did look beaten uh, with the eventual second latest exhibition of Fury Road trading twos on in the run. Um, looks an absolute monster this season, free from free. Easy introduction to, to easy win to chasing at Fairy House and stepped up uh, with absolute ease and two big ones at Leperstown. Um, he's best priced four to six at the moment. Um, and I'm sort of looking at the betting right now. Um, Royal Pigali is still in the betting, currently around around five to one. And um, if this one 
goes goes for the champion, uh, well, goes for the Gold Cup, uh, the big one on the last day. I mean, this one could easily go off, what, 4 to 11, 2 to 5? Um, does does it look, I mean, the two that we've put up here, Monkfish, 4 to 6, and Eclatory, definitely like they're, they're going to be flying out. Um, so, Lucky Loaders is keen on Monkfish, currently 4 to 6, and uh, Jim Delahan is keen on Elkit Derare at 8 to 1. And I'd, I'd slightly favour Jim Delahan's selection. Yeah, I think there's there's more value there, and obviously you've got that each way angle as well. So, moving on to the last race we're going to cover uh, on Wednesday, day 2 of the Shannon Festival. And that's the 305 Queen Mother Champion Chase Grade 1 for 5-year-old plus over 2 miles. We'll start again with Jim Delahunt. Who, who are we with on this one? Well, uh, the interesting angle here, which uh, was suspected for a few days, but it was confirmed uh, this week that uh, Altior will uh, wear cheek pieces for the first time. Uh, the 11-year-old Altior, uh, ridden by Nico de Boingville, uh, cheek pieces for the first time and against the uh, another supposed Irish banker in Chacun Poursois, uh, trained by William Mullins, written by Paul Townend. Very impressive last time at Leopardstown. Uh, it was a very short price last year before he got injured. Um, they're expecting him to make amends this year. Uh, one or two other interesting horses in the race, and the, the one which really attracts my attention, right down at the bottom of the race card, and for sex reasons, because... She is a mare and she is getting seven pounds, which means she only carries 11 stone three to the others 11 stone 10. And that is the Arkle winner, put the kettle on. Uh, priced up at 11 to one, 10, 11 to one for this race. Uh, the amount of Aidan Coleman, who rode her last year to win the Arkle. I know uh, from you guys that Aidan is very keen on put the kettle on's chances. So am I, have been for a while. She's three from three over the course and distance of the champion chase. Uh, she goes here instead of going for the new mayor's chase, which would probably have been a walkover for her, uh, but she goes for the champion. And remember, the De Bromhead stable also has notebook in the race, but uh, they seem to fancy put the kettle on a lot more, getting the seven pounds. And I think put the kettle on is more than capable of putting it up to Chacun Poursois and Altior, who I just suspect, I could be proved wrong, but I just suspect maybe a light of other days. Yeah, it's, it's an, an interesting angle you've got there. I mean, I think that um, put the kettle on sort of the forgotten horse as well, and taking into consideration that that six, six allowance there as well has, has a massive chance. Um, obviously, have to, to reverse that form with, with Chacun at Leperstown on the 27th, 27th of December, but... Out of all the sort of hot pots so far, I think Shaq and Persuas is the most vulnerable because this one hasn't done it before at Cheltenham. And I'll be honest, like I think right now five to six is short enough. Um, and if some of these other shorties go in day one and day two, this this could go off a real silly price, maybe four to seven, two is on. So th this is probably the one I will be laying out the shorties um, on day two. And I think there's a, there's a lot of live dangers in this race. Um and obviously you're alluding to your Aidan Coleman angle. We had Aidan on the on the podcast on day one, and he he was he was pretty sweet on on put the kettle on's chances. Um and that that's quite a big price as well. I mean, that's twelve mm -hmm. to one best price available. I mean, that's another cracking each way. But I mean, if you think Shaq and Persois could be vulnerable, I mean I think being being bullish here, but I mean I think we could get Shaq and Persois at the places here at real silly odds. Um Chris Loder, what what's your views on this one? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, against Shakan, um, for this race, I think he's far too short. I think he should be more of a 
six to four, seven to four kind of chance. I know people would bite my hand off for that kind of price, but I honestly think they've got it wrong. It does concern me that we haven't seen him at Cheltenham, and I've always thought he's been quite a weak finisher in his races. Now, originally when I watched the race in real time last time out at the Dublin Racing Festival, I thought fair play to Shakan. You know that was the best I've I've ever seen you do. I th- I thought he was great, but then. Since I've reviewed that race and taken time to, to, to think about it more, I wasn't I wasn't that convinced. I don't think the two milers in Ireland are that good. And I just think he's been beating a load of Deadwood, to be honest with you. I don't think Notebook um, was, uh, was a particularly good two-mile novice last year. Obviously, he did rack up those wins at Leopardstown, but hasn't pulled up any trees since. Put the kettle on is not a bad horse she she's a very good mare obviously and she, i think she's got a good chance of making the frame here but again I, I don't think she's in the same league as a few of the others in here um i know a lot of people think i'm absolutely mad what i'm saying but i honestly i, I don't know what it is about shaka and i just can't put my finger on it but he's a horse that i've never particularly taken to also as well the time wasn't actually um the quickest on the card that day at the Dublin Racing Festival for the three races that were raced over the trip. Egonami, if I can pronounce his name, Egonami's time. Um, his, he had a faster time in the Irish Arkle. And even the two-mile handicap won by Wave of the Sea, uh, run on the same course that day and the distance, obviously, uh, that was pretty much exactly the same time. There was the... Shackham was only 0.1 seconds faster, which is nothing. So I don't not think he, he, he's been tearing up any trees over the RSC, despite it look visually looking visually impressive. I'm all over Altiel here. I can't understand his price. I don't know why he, he he's seven to one. Um, I think he should be more of a five to two kind of shot, really. I, I understand why he's a bigger price and and that because he does have a few question marks to answer. Um, obviously he's maybe not as good as he was a couple of years ago, but I still think he's had a couple of excuses. I do think the race took it out of him when he, he, he did clash with surname, but I thought he bounced back to form last year when he won the game spirit. Obviously he's had a bit of a questionable campaign this season. We didn't see him in the Tingle Creek. Um, and then even at Kempton, you know, I know a lot of people were crabbing him for that run, but I thought it was a perfectly fine effort. Um, you know, I don't think at, at the age of 11 now, Kempton would have been his track. That's a more uh, a speed uh, track. And I know Nicky Henderson says, oh, he's such a speed horse. But I think he's a horse that you, he can live with the two-mile pace, but he just needs to be uh, woken up from time to time to, to stay with it. And he always does his best part of his race at the end. Because if you actually go back and watch that run at Kempton, he's staying on really strongly in the last 100 yards or so. So... I do think the course at Cheltenham will really suit him. He's never lost at Cheltenham. He's he's won every start he's ever had at the festival. And the people that are saying he's a bit old, well, I don't think he's it's a big negative for me. If you're looking at an older horse in a race at Cheltenham that's done well, or, or horses that are older in races that have done well in the past in Cheltenham Festival, 11-year-olds can win the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Moscow Flyer. Was an uh, was a winner eleven year old, and also as well, you've had a couple of ten year olds win the race in the last few years, like like your special tiara that wasn't too long ago. So I don't think age is a negative for me at all. I like the cheap pieces. I think that will that will suit him. Nicky Tenton's horses are coming back to form, and the ground as well. The good to soft ground will be his ideal ground. I just think 
there's a tick, 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 tick in the box for everything without you, in my opinion. I don't see any negatives at all, and I think he should. they should be a lot closer in the betting, and I think he'll be staying up that hill really strongly, and I think he will pass Shaquem Poursoir and Nico de Boinville. Hopefully, we'll be uh, doing a fist pump at the end. Will they be passing Nubanegra? Nubanegra won't like the track, in my opinion. I think he's a flat track horse, best winner. Yeah. Best wins have come at Warwick and Kempton, obviously. They're flat, speedier tracks. I think the undulations of Cheltenham won't suit him. And I think uh, when it comes to pressure, he doesn't find like Altior can. So I think it might be ugly from Altior if he does win. But uh, I think I think he can. And I think at 7-1, to one, he's a crazy price. I really can't see why he's that price. So, and I think he's a really strong bet material for me. See, the way I can sort of see this race going... As a Shakan being handy, and an Altior, Altior could potentially be one of the first off the boiler here. But the question is, does he pick up? Um, his age taking his toll. Um, I, I mean, I, I can understand your angle with uh, Nuba Negra. Um, obviously, this thing's absolutely hacked up at Kempton on a flat track. Um, will he be able to do it at Cheltenham? Any questions there. Um, I could potentially see Nuba Negra probably the last one on the bridle, absolutely tanking along. But the question is, what does he find? So. In eight to one right now for Nubanegra. I mean, this could be, again could be a potential back to lay. I mean, this this thing could trade favourite in running um, and then be out the places um, and find nothing. So it's a real fascinating race. Um, one thing I sort of glad as well that we're all sort of against the the favourite Shaq and Persois. Um, I genuinely think we can get this one out, out the places here. Mm. Um, I think it could be fives on, maybe fours on on the exchange. Um, so just to wrap up um, the selections from from the the judges. Um, we've got Lucky Loader, he's keen on Altior, it's currently a 7-1 to one chance. Jim Delahunt is keen on Put the Kettle On at 12-1, to one, a massive price. And I'm quite keen on Nubanegra. But this is a trade angle, I would be looking to get out of that and running, so this thing's going to travel like an absolute dream. Can I just say, Mark, um, I, I'm an ex-amateur jockey, right? A very bad one, but um, I, I do know about horses. And Rachel Blackmore is one of the most wonderful jockeys I've ever seen, but can I tell you... She cannot hold one side of notebook. She cannot ride notebook. Now, if notebook bolts in front, this could be a very, very fast run race. I've got a feeling notebook, no, he won't be a pacemaker, but Rachel won't be able to hold him, and that could make it a very, very fast run race. And that takes me to what Chris was saying about Altior. He could be staying on at the end. So I do acknowledge what Chris was saying there. Okay, so I'll uh, if you just wait a second, I'll just be taking some of that 8.6 on the Betford Exchange right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll actually put a 25 to 1 uh, in running back as well because you see he's probably going to be the first one off, off the bridle uh, with his running still. But listen, uh, it's, it's been great having you on, Jim, um, for day two of the Cheltenham Festival. I know uh, one thing we were talking about off camera that I think probably worth mentioning as well. Um, it's the Henry de Bromhead angle um, and the Rachel Blackmore angle as well for potential uh, being the champions of the meeting. Um, if you want to give them a little plug with the prices. Yeah, I think um, the last time I looked, the prices for champion trainer, uh, I mean, everybody thinks Willie Mullins will, will walk it. He's five to one on. Of course, we can understand that. But uh, eight to one for Henry de Brom Bromhead with Hills with all the chances that he's got I think that's uh, that's a very good price and Rachel who I've praised and had a pop at there uh, she's 10 to one with Hills to be champion jockey she's got some fantastic mounts over the first few days um, 
I think it's worth mentioning the champion hurdle here. I know you've dealt with it, but the, the champion hurdle, uh, Rachel will be on Honeysuckle, which will be favourite or second favourite, but the Bromhead also has Aspire Tower in that race, and uh, I think that's got a very good chance as well. So that's why I'm very interested in the Bromhead for, for champion trainer and Rachel for champion jockey at 8-1 and 10-1. to I hope you're right with Honeysuckle, Jim, because I'm on at 14-1 to anti-post. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, so... Um... And one thing as well is I know that the uh, the William Hill traders listen to this podcast as well. So listen, lads, I get get that market up, um, and please don't cut this into six to one or do anything silly, please. Uh, without uh, Willie Mullins' market, it would be absolutely golden. I mean, if you give us two to one, we'll even take seven or four. I'm absolutely delighted with that. Thanks, guys. Um, but listen, it's been great having you on, Jim. Um, lucky loaders as well. Um, thanks for the analysis and tips. Uh, cracking second day at Cheltenham and store. Uh, also to all the listeners, thank you for the continuing to support the podcast. Uh, our numbers in the UK and Ireland are looking very impressive. We couldn't do it without your continued support. Uh, we, we appreciate it deeply. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud so you don't miss any of our latest betting previews. Also, if you use iTunes to listen to our podcast, I know there are thousands out, of, out there that do. Please give us a review and rating on iTunes. Um, our day three challenge preview will be available to listen on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud on the morning of Sunday the 14th of March. I hope everyone has a great weekend and please gamble responsibly. Oh.